What's up, humans? Welcome to the Human Music Podcast. I'm Luke Rain, my co-hosts are Tesco and Rip Kinney, and we are all music producers, artists, and producer coaches. This show is where we discuss all things music production and interview amazing creatives about their origins, their process, and whatever else comes up. This week is episode 104, How Do Music Producers Avoid Burnout? We are diving into Luke Rain's experience burning out in 2021, Rip Kenny's work on his album, Flow State, going directly for your goal versus taking the scenic route, myopic focus versus zooming out for a wider perspective, following your joy, working with divine masculine yang energy compared to divine feminine yin energy, making a clearing in your life for your desires to come into, and many tangents that take us off the rails. The song of the week that you hear behind me was produced by me as Trap G. Jesus, Sam Shoemaker's It Could Always Be Worse featuring Bobby Watkins. This one is about to hit 800,000 plays on Spotify. So go run that up and help us get over that landmark. It's one of my favorite tracks I've ever produced. A lot of emotion in that one. One of those sad jams. Please go support um, and support our sponsors, Dojo TV. Free producer live stream classes from the producer Dojo Senseis. Tesco's Patreon. Tesco has lost a pa- launched a Patreon channel where you can get educational content, access to his private Discord, track feedback, and private lessons. The weekly download where you can learn from our mentor Ill Gates and his private weekly group at- lessons and get access to nearly 300 more episodes in the archive for just 20 bucks a month. And guest practices where you can learn from Seth Drake at the Approach Institute. He's the best engineer we know and your first class over there is free. Hit up the human music podcast.com to find our socials sound packs and more streaming options but let's get on into this episode hello people of earth this is tesco with rip kenny and trap jesus and you're listening to the uh human music podcast Woo! hmm human music podcast I like it. What's up, humans? How y'all doing? Hello. Hi. Ooh, ooh, Hi. sticky, icky, 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 icky. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. That boop, sticky, boop, boop. icky that we burn, you know what I'm saying? Mm, Just don't want to let better. it burn out. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so, that's so good. <laughs> so good. Ken, all right. If all you're right. listening at home. Can you guess the topic of tonight's discussion? No fair. They already heard my intro that I'm going to record after. You we said many words in the intro. I mean, who knows? Yeah, including oh, yeah. including true the that. title. That's and, true. And the description that I will write during the recording of this episode. As so this should be a layup. Topics. Yeah. If, if you, you did, got this wrong, yeah. go study. <laughs> do um, your research. Hit rewind. If you, if you didn't get it, I'd be disappointed in you. Just <laughs> straight up. Yeah, back. We'll back do a to, break like in Dora, where she minute. waits for the answer. I don't know who like, that is. Like what? Dora the Explorer. Oh, Dora the Explorer. She's like, where are oh. we going? And then gives you time to respond. Yes, yes. And just like, yes. good job, even if you got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, is that one of those everybody gets a trophy kind of moments watching Dora the Explorer? Oh shit, that's probably where it started. Is is that why boomers are mad at at younger generations? Is that is that the the culprit? I don't know. I feel like I feel like I watched Dora the Explorer when I was a wee lad, and I don't associate with the 
things that most people would say are wrong with the latest generation. But that's self-proclaimed. Maybe. See, that's true. what's wrong with true. this generation. No self-awareness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. True. I'm actually the problem. <laughs> I am the problem. Yeah. I embody all of the problem. And this loud, conflarned, newfangled music. Yeah, all these screechy car alarm noises are screwing up my bluegrass music. Back in my day, we didn't have Pro-L2. That's, uh, that's actually, a pre-drop actually, right there. I just still use Pro-L. To be honest, I haven't, ooh, I haven't ooh, gotten, ooh, the, ooh. I haven't gotten pro L too. Wow, and his music is still loud, folks. It's like really loud. It's, yeah. So I'm, I'm, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm actually currently struggling with the fact that the bar that I set for loudness with the first song on the album is potentially too high. <laughs> like every every song since then has been like, oh my god, this is I can't get it loud sounding good. But these Rip Kenny luffs are too damn high. It's true. And so I thought, so I w- basically, there's two songs that I referenced for like how loud is as loud as you can go and still have it sound good. And one of them was like a Mephjus song, which is like the only kind of dubstep halftime thing that he's ever, uh, to my knowledge, really done. Uh, it's called Physically. If you've heard it, uh, have and it's like on on the meter that I used, it was like minus two luffs. Jesus and, fucking Christ, bro! And this other song, like from Sullivan King, that is like loud but also like messy ish, was like minus three. And I was like, okay, if I can get to, if I can get it to minus three and like the loudest part, I'll be happy. And so that's what I did for the first one. And uh, but I thought it was more like minus five overall. And when Alter came over, he's like, God, I feel like that track is really loud. I was like, really, you know, I was, I was studying that. I was like, God damn, it's so loud, but so, still so clear. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I was just referencing this and this. And then he, he put it through his meter and the fucking Luff's Peak in his meter was minus one. And I was like, oh, man, that might be too loud. Maybe. <laughs> um, have you guys seen that video by Dan Worrell called I Won the Loudness War? No. no, but I don't want to watch it right now. Um, I wonder if it would be worth a share. Uh, I kind of don't want to, you know, get us off track from our topic here. But uh, he got he got his track to like plus two point three luffs. Oh my god! And uh, yeah, what kind he, like, of song was it? It's it actually aesthetically sounds very cool. It you like utilizes all kinds of like clipping and distortion to yeah. like you know break through that loudness is it Uh, is it sub heavy or does it have space it is like a wall of just fuck you to the face i'd love it i feel like going positive lust is like the nuclear option and yeah literally how do you i didn't even know you could do that (laughs) he he literally just does it in the video to show you like i won the loudness war now y'all can stop and no i'm not gonna show you how Oh my God, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't try anymore. Like, I did it. I win. Sound design wise, though, sounds really interesting. Like, I'm surprised I haven't heard more stuff that sounds like that. It's kind of fucked uh, in an interesting way. It's worth checking out if you haven't heard it. Yeah. Man, I got to say, I was watching some of those Baphometrics videos on on like mixing for loudness and, you know, using mm-hmm. the clipping at the at the group stages and all that good stuff we're getting used to. And Baffy was pretty adamant about how like, you know what? 
Negative seven is fucking fine. Like, why are you trying so hard to it, push it past dude, it that? Really, For real? it really is. And you know what's funny is I've noticed that the loud shout out Baffy, dude. Mm-hmm. She's yeah, she's super smart. Um, and so the songs that I've been putting out that are qu- quite loud, I notice Spotify turns them down more. Mm. So like, it ends up sounding quieter next to other stuff you know somewhat right um which i thought is hilarious but when i play it live it'll fucking absolutely crush people's souls yeah but in a good way or just buy it on beatport and fucking tear your speakers open just Mm -hmm. do it amen all right rip speakers (laughs) r.i.p speakers exactly (laughs) so are we gonna watch this other video or are we gonna talk about burnout yeah, you want to hear this, or shall we? Now we're on topical loudness, and I'm hold like, on, this is good on. stuff let's, too. Let's 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 leave this as a tease. I'll, we should watch this video, but we should also do another discussion on loudness because there's a lot to say on that topic and how it affects your music and what you should actually shoot for and or and why. Like, what kind of music do you make? All this stuff, like how how the balance of your shit affects loudness in unexpected ways. Um, feel like that's a separate discussion. Maybe, maybe yeah, we I'm should down. see about getting Baffy on the show for that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Now we're thinking somebody who really knows what the hell they're talking about and explains it extremely eloquently with visual aids. <laughs> All right. So for those listening at home, do you still remember what our original topic was? <laughs> see, now <laughs> that's a fair question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was almost 10 minutes ago that I said the title of the episode. <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait. It's like Dora the Explorer. Swiper, You're no swiping. right. Good job. <laughs> so I bet I bet trying to get those uh, those those uh, next tracks as loud as that first track that damn near hits zero. It's like the mm. warp barrier out here. Mm. Like you might be be putting a lot of work in to try to get these other it's, tracks that loud it's true too much it's like the brown note when you hear it, you just shit yourself <laughs> uh, that's actually the goal you, you've heard of the brown note i said burnout not brown note i know no, they're close have i heard of the brown the low b on the recorder are you joking <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the one yeah, Shouts out to south park again Oh, is it a South Park thing? There's a Bro, whole episode. Oh, is it a South Park thing? Uh, of course they did an episode on that. That's where yeah, that the whole brown note thing came to popular consciousness. Oh, that's because of them? Because of that episode where they literally had a recorder concert and uh <laughs> God, now I want to watch this clip, but we are we're not gonna derail that hard. Um <laughs> but there was a yeah, basically they had a recorder concert. All the kids thought it'd be funny to play this low B that makes you shit yourself. And they played it on this huge loud system. And then it was just like absolute carnage. Like, I think Kenny died. Yeah, he shit himself. Oh, I wonder if they made an episode off of this because uh, I'm looking at it again. And from what I remember, it was like a, a hypothetical kind of thing that was uh, like not prophesied, hypothesized, and uh, apparently they tested it on Mythbusters and stuff. That sounds right. I'll, okay, now I need to know what came what came first. The came Mythbusters. First, the Mythbusters at the South Park. So, there's these things called rails. Have you guys seen them? I think we're off them. 
Oh, always. What's that? We stay off. It's these things that are not in the woods, which is where we are. (laughs) So I think we need to leave the woods if we're going to get back to those those rails I was talking about. Right, right. And those rails are about avoiding burnout. This is like one of those early episodes where we didn't have a topic and we just winged it for 90 minutes. And then um, I wonder yeah. what this episode's called. Let's pick a name. So, Honestly, for- I'm low-key avoiding this topic and you should not listen to anything I have to say. <laughs> ah, see, so, that's what for- happens when I burn out is I go into avoidance mode and start like binging playing, TV shows and shit. Trying to make yeah, and loves on your modular. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the yeah. South Park episode with the brown note came out in the year 2000. The Mythbusters came out in the year 2005. Mm-hmm. Significantly after. Okay, okay. South Park did it. <laughs> that, that's making a lot more sense now. Amen. Shouts out to Mythbusters. RIP to that one, dude. And mm. uh, and South, South Park, you guys are still gold on season 25. Oh, my God. Mad props. <laughs> yeah for being like the best longest running show ever. Shouts to Simpsons and all, but y'all season 25 and shit wasn't something to go make sure you caught up on as, as far as I'm concerned. That's true. uh, South park. It's amazing when you unbiasedly roast everybody equally, no holds barred. Amen. Including your own cast members until they (laughs) quit and you have to chop together their final episode with previous. (laughs) (laughs) Also, rest in peace, Isaac Hayes. Yeah. For for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, that since we're off the rails, that is Chef from the show South Park, who uh, they had to chop together audio and basically kill off his character, which is hilarious to do in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Huh. I mean, they made fun of Scientology, and he was not cool with that, even though he participated in making fun of every other religion. Funny how that works. Yeah. Props to them so for sticking For to those guns. of you listening at home, do you know what the title of the episode is? Don't join Scientology. How to engage in avoidance tactics to not actually work on what you meant to. How to play <laughs> the brown note on your recorder. Yes. Because we know you kept it from third grade. We know you did. I'm not doing that didn't. topic. You actually probably didn't. I just have this weird wooden flute that doesn't really make that much noise. Play the brown note. Test it. I, I mean, it's a brown. It's a brown flute. It's got to have the brown note. Play a B. <laughs> Little. Lo- <laughs> that sounds exactly like every recorder that I've ever heard ever. Yeah, pretty much every so finger good. position gives me a similar note, and if I if I blow with more force, pause. I get like a slightly <laughs> higher note, and if I like let my my airflow mm-hmm. abate, yes, slightly lower note, but it's mostly the, just like bending a guitar string. But if you, I, yeah. I'm sure if you master the baiting, then uh, it will come a lot more naturally. Absolutely, the, the best part right about now, the I'm only a junior baiter. I'm a baiter in training. <laughs> is that someday I will be a master? It'll baiter. come. It'll come. <laughs> The best part about the recorder is that pretty much no one can actually nail the pitch of the note you were trying to play. <laughs> and you expect a third grader to play that shit with any fucking recognition of pitch. Uh, every recorder needs to come with auto tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, for real. Recorder edition. The Antares recorder edition. Yeah, absolutely. 
So last year, like last spring especially, <laughs> I was like really working hard on a whole. This batch is the of episode songs. now, by the way. So just like just you, just for love the segue. Yeah, <laughs> let's just rip the bandaid off. <laughs> so I was, I had like twenty songs I was working on. I was working my ass off on them, doing as many like drafts as I could. I basically wasn't listening to other music at all. I was just like slamming draft after draft, getting feedback, new draft, feedback, new draft, and working on all these tunes so hard to the point where I realized I hate all these fucking tunes and myself. And Raise I don't your hand want at to home make if you music can relate. <laughs> anymore. Yeah, a lot of hands shot up. Yeah, all What's of them. up? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was... Uh, that was kind of a, a ridiculous moment for me because I had like been training myself to be able to work more, be able to work longer, work harder, you know, like get more done. And it ended up in this moment where I wasn't getting shit done because I was just spinning in circles on the same batch of songs and none of them actually got done last year. Not a single one of those tunes got finished. And I stopped working on them right about summer solstice, actually, which is you know, it's fun, like a nice halfway mark of like when I was like, I give up, I'm fucking exhausted. I guess, okay, the only song that did get done was the, that I Love You Like remix that is actually out on the Dojo label, but I had done a lot of the work on that song and got it accepted to the that cypher or that, uh, that EP before the year started. So it's all the songs mm-hmm. I started and worked on last spring didn't get finished. Um, until actually last night, I, I I got some new drafts of the two that I had made with Shoes. Shouts out Shoes. He was here last night in town no in way. Seattle. Yeah, we got to hang out and eat some tacos and work on some oh, songs. And that was a blast. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I like painted myself into a corner. I slammed my head into a brick wall limiter more times than I needed <laughs> to. And I lost all perspective on my songs. I burnt out. And I decided that I just needed to not listen to any of those songs for many months. And I did not. And I decided I needed to change. And right then, I started all of a sudden getting offers to DJ again, which was awesome. Because I really enjoyed those DJ gigs. I was able to kind of jump into other people's music again in a way that I hadn't really done in COVID. Like really listening to music categorizing music, spinning music, seeing how other people on a dance floor reacted to music and like really helped me regain my perspective. And actually I've noticed it's changed my tastes a lot. Like I've, I was like really going for this, like kind of like harder aggressive sound. And I realized that's not what I'm best at. And it's not really what I want to bring. And it's not really what I want to spend more often than not. And so thanks burnout for pushing me to the breaking point um, and and giving me some much needed perspective. And now that I'm jumping back into writing and recording and mixing again, it honestly, it feels easier. I feel like I'm better than I was nine or 10 months ago, uh, <laughs> even though I have barely done it since, which is yeah. very counterintuitive. That's that's the catch 22 with burnout is that like the more you try and push and force against that brick wall limiter, if you get to more than 60 B's at gain reduction, 
the result is going to be less than ideal, no matter how much more you push that limiter. Like it's just, it like, even though you're like, Oh, if I just even, if I just do even more, it'll be good. It just doesn't work out that way. And I mean, it is what it is. I mean, over the past year, you've played a lot of shows, by the way. Yeah. A lot of sets. And I think that, you know, one of the things that the, the pitfall of the mind regarding burnout is that like, if I don't push and like continue to push and even push harder than like all of the stuff that I'm working towards will not materialize in any way. Um, which is just a, a fallacy, right? Like other stuff comes up. You, you can always, you can always continue to work on, you know, other things that push your goal forwards. Um, but it, it just takes a really dedicated, you know, ability to step outside of your internal control room and examine what's actually happening, what the output actually is, what the result is, and and reconsidering how you're working towards that goal in order to actually make more progress than you mm. thought you would. Yeah. I got yeah. a question for you. After going through that, have you uh have you taken any measures to prevent burnout in the future? Yeah. Um a big one, you know, just kind of perfectly with what I was going to um respond to Evan's question with also evan's uh you know viewpoint there of like if you just keep pushing harder we think it'll just be more it's like just crushing your limiter even more and more but you're getting you've passed the point of diminishing returns um and so like i said i you know kind of on accident stumbled upon this through experience of like oh man okay i went to a point where i didn't want to push anymore and as soon as i let that go. And it was right around the same time. Um, I decided to stop working with bounce gang and, uh, cause there was just so much work there and it just wasn't feeling aligned for me. And it wasn't, it wasn't accomplishing the goals I wanted to accomplish. It didn't feel right anymore. So I, I stopped working on my tunes and I stopped working with this crew and I was like, shit, what am I going to do now? And then all of a sudden the world just kind of started dropping things into my lap. And recently I, I pulled an Oracle card from an Oracle deck, kind of like a tarot deck vibe. And the card, Wait, can you, can you, ex- can you explain the concept that I know what yeah. tarot cards are? It's basically like telling a fortune with what cards you lay up, but like how, 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 how does it work for someone like myself? Who has yeah, no absolutely. Um, I've been getting a lot into these lately. I bought a couple of decks, a tarot deck, like a traditional tarot deck and then an Oracle deck. So, um, quickly the difference between a tarot and an oracle deck the tarot has like specific like major and minor arcana it's got like the trump cards it's like a set of cards that are kind of like the big cards and then like kind of a similar to a a deck of cards it's got four suits um and and like the numbered cards and then like the court cards you know like the king queen Mm -hmm. knight page and then and then it's got the the ace through ten um so it's like kind of similar they evolved at at a similar time um and then the the people used to play with the tarot cards play games but now it's mostly used as like kind of a fortune telling oracle and to me the way it works is like you come with the question and you know you shuffle the cards and then you you lay them out and kind of 
the cards each have their own significance and depending on like what website or booklet you look in, it's going to have like a slightly different set of terms and interpretation. What I like about them is that they will give you a reflection of yourself. The way I like to read it is how am I reacting to the adjectives on this card based on my question? It's mostly a, like a look inside of me and whoever I'm reading the cards with, whether somebody's reading cards for me or if I'm reading cards for somebody else. It reflects us and how we feel about the relationship between the interpretation of the cards and and the question that we've posed to them. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I definitely feel like for a lot of stuff, you know, stuff like that, that like just helps you get insight into, you know, it provides an answer in like layman's terms, kind of, but Air like true, tru- <laughs> yeah. yeah, truly the answer is the fact that in the moment that that thing gives you the answer, you actually know the answer for yourself already. Like yeah. for instance, like in, in, in college I had this like magic eight ball and I always thought it was like, if I didn't know what to do, you would, you know, shake the magic eight ball and look at it. And the answer it provides is like, you know, just the answer that it gives. But in that moment, if you were 50, 50 on that decision and you were shaking that eight ball in the moment that you shake the eight ball and you start to see the thing like rotate around and then give you the answer you like in your head, you know what you're hoping for at that point. And yeah. they're like, regardless of the answer, now you actually have your direction, um, which I think in and of itself has value. Even if you, even if you think anything like that is just like, just, just a silly game. Like it's this, it's the same thing as like, tossing a coin in the air and when the coin is in the air you're like think about like what you actually want it to land on and there's your answer before like it doesn't matter the the thing itself but it helps you reflect on on how you're feeling about it yeah it's like a prompt for important questions to ask yourself yeah so so continue so the 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 thing that you flipped up what did it help you yeah, it was an Oracle deck that my friend Grace in Colorado had when I was down there visiting for that DJ gig and um, I flipped it and the card was called Softly, Softly, Gentle Touch. And you know, we we're talking <laughs> about the card like, is called that was that Sounds was the like name of this card, yeah, right? I know it was this it was a it was an it was an Oracle deck. So Oracle decks don't have like the traditional cards in them. They're just like whatever artist and author teamed up to make these cards, just pick whatever they want that's significant to them and put it on cards. And usually there's some sort of theme to the deck. And this one, I think it was like Angel Aura or something. something. I don't really know. I don't really remember what the deck was called off top. But I remember the card very well. It was called Softly, Softly, Gentle Touch. And it was just like reading me my last 10 months. It was like you tried so hard, like working with this like really like masculine, like yang out of the yin and yang type energy that's about like go get it and crush your goals and work as hard as you can and no team no sleep and you know like working as hard as you can and it's good that you did that because it was important for you to understand that and have those skills but now is not the time to keep pushing on those types of that type of energy it's better to like move with this yin energy the like divine feminine energy and that energy is all about creating a clearing in your life for what you want to have in your life and then inviting that thing in 
And like, it just like kind of clicked all this stuff over the last, you know, over the last 10 months where it was like, oh, I was working super hard in this team. I was working super hard solo on my music. And I burnt out on both things, pushing more and more and more and more. And I had to stop. And then as soon as I made that clearing by taking those things that weren't serving me out of my daily schedule, all of a sudden the world starts popping up with like, hey, do you want this DJ gig? Hey, come to this community event. Hey, you met all these people. Hey, they asked you to do another DJ gig. Hey, come to this party. Oh, shit, you really like this kind of party. Keep going to those. And it was just like thing after thing. And it's just like effortlessly all this stuff fell into place. That same, you know, group of that same you know, community that I stepped into with all that stuff, like led to me going on that Mexico and Guatemala trip and the Colorado trip that I just took, like, and it just keeps leading to more and more of itself. Like, um, I just got in recently invited to, uh, play at a couple of small festivals out here. And speaking of festivals, any patch of grass that me and Evan went to last year, I just got hit up by the folks that run the clarity clearing, the chill out zone, they want me mm-hmm. to do a workshop and like help uh, and host an open mic event at the Hell Clarity yeah. Clearing, and I get a free ticket Hell to that dude. festival. So it's just Hell like, yeah! All of a sudden, like boom, 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 boom! All these things are coming in because I keep focusing on cutting out what's not serving me, and then kind of like effortlessly, these other things are coming in. Now, there is still places where I got to put an effort, like to write this workshop and to you know, like. I've still got to like write music, but I also noticed that when I stopped focusing so hard on like trying to be the craziest producer and I'm glad I did that because I really ran myself through the ringer of like engineering and, you know, composition and trying all these different things to see what worked for me. But now that I've come back around to writing again, it's more about like inspiration and collaboration and, following the thread of something in the moment using flow state as opposed to like nah i started this song so i just got to keep pushing on it until it's done even if i don't really like it which i'm realizing i was doing a lot of back then Mm. and so you know sometimes i think one of the things that i've learned through this is like sometimes you're gonna burn out on shit but like instead of getting super mad about that like ask yourself okay awesome like what lesson is the world teaching me what I picked a path. I went on it. It was really hard. I didn't enjoy it. What can I learn from that? What can I not do? <laughs> and uh, yeah. it was a very long, long answer to your question, Tesco. But um, I think like focusing on what actually brings me joy and which parts of the process are like the most beautiful to me, focusing on what the universe is presenting me instead of like trying to make it happen my own way with blinders on. Like, I feel like I took these blinders off and then all of a sudden there was all these possibilities that have actually helped me move forward faster and easier by like, you know, taking the scenic route instead of like trying to go straight over the mountain, the steepest direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think probably the golden question that everyone listening to this is thinking is like, well, like what if, what if my goal is directly oriented on these things that I'm working on and does that then feel like, like am, am I quitting on this thing by trying to let off the gas pedal a little bit? And I would, I would say that everything that you've just said kind of 
hammers home the fact that that's potentially not the right way to look at it, right? Mm -hmm. Like zoom, zoom out a little bit more. Think about really what your goal is, not the specific outcome you thought your goal would materialize as. And like for you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I, I would assume it's like, you know, continuing to push a music career forward and be able to play and have fun, you know, presenting music to people. And in the end, like being able to just bring people together and, and play music. Right. And, and like for you, it probably when you were in the middle of that period felt like finishing and releasing music was like the only way that that was going to happen. And then as soon as you were able to kind of let off that pressure a little bit, other opportunities presented themselves that ended up pushing that real goal forwards a bit more. Would you say that that's fair? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Those words, those words can go in my mouth. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. It tastes, they so, taste good. I have, I have a, a, an alternate example from, from my own life that, that presents, you know, for the type of person that was thinking that kind of thing, which I, you know, is, is very natural. Like I m myself, like trying to finish this album. Um, so like that, that was like the macro concept that Luke provided. Like this is a slightly less macro, but you know, still applicable, right? Like trying to finish this album. It's something that I've already started. Like, I know I'm going to finish it. Like it has to get done. There's, there's no, it's, it's not like I'm just, my, my goal was to just release music and, and like, that's it. Like the, the album has to get done. Right. And now I'm in this part where it's just finishing and mixing and engineering stuff. And like, it is a bit difficult for someone like myself who the joy in this process derives from the creation, mm -hmm. right? P making, making a new song that excites you, just having that draft that you listen to at the end of the night and you're like, Oh my God, like I, this is, this is so fun. Like, I can't believe that this came out in a session, blah, blah, blah. And switching from that into basically cutting off that faucet into this all has to get done. There's these deadlines like go, 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 go. I found that there are, there are days in which I am able to, push through and really be productive on that stuff. And then there's other days where it feels like I'm pushing on that thing all day. And I just am not in the headspace to do it efficiently. Mm -hmm. um, and so from, from my experience, I, I, I feel like the, the thing that I've realized is that so, so for whatever reason, for me, like Mondays, like, you know, after a weekend where, you know, I might have went went outside or hung out, just kind of took a, a little break from from music. Mondays coming back, I, f I always am more excited to continue to push the project forward and finish the music. But Mondays never really end up as productive for this type of thing. And so what I realized is that, like, instead of continuing to press against that brick wall and like this is my myopic focus on what i need to do i need to finish the songs i need to detail them i need to engineer them they need to get done and fucking distributed like there's other stuff about this journey 
that is still beneficial to do on those days where like you're you even in the concept of an album that is that is not necessarily like the thing that you're working on right so like there's still in this mode where i like shut off all the creativity and like okay you just need to finish this like allowing that like not putting the pressure on that day where you realize it's it's noon you've been working since 7 a.m and it's like you're not making the progress you want to you can't like it probably shouldn't even take you that long to realize how your day is going but for me being stubborn or i don't even know like it does and i'm like okay fine like a there's other stuff in your life that you need to do you could you could do that or b just like let just turn on the creative outlet like just a little bit like you need to practice guitar anyways like pick up the guitar for 15 minutes kind of refresh yourself do something else and then you realize as soon as you get in the flow of doing something else that you enjoy coming back to that thing at you know four or five all of a sudden you made all the progress you wanted to make in that eight hour day in two to three hours or whatever it is you know it's like like just necessarily pushing so hard on that one thing, even though that that thing has to get done and you're not going to, there's no way around it. You can approach it from a different way that refreshes you to actually be more productive on that thing. Um, do you guys feel the same? Have, have you experienced that? Yes. And uh, I wish I was better at implementing it, to be honest, but uh... me too. Me too. Yeah. I can sit here and pretend like I'm great at it. But like I said, like even sometimes it's like the whole day goes by pressing on that thing and it still hasn't happened. And I'm just like, oh, I feel like a failure like that. Those days yeah. do happen. I think the tricky thing, like for me personally, is there is definitely a certain point where it's like you. I think I think it's good to have a little grit to you and to not just back down once you start getting tired. I think yeah. at that point, you usually have a bit more go in you. And if you're hungry, keep going. But the problem I have is exhausting past that. The thing is, uh, like in weightlifting, they say don't train till failure every set. You don't need that. You'll have better recovery in between sets by keeping like two, three reps in the tank. You'll still stimulate your muscles enough, blah, blah, blah. What the fuck do I know? I'm not a weightlifter, but that's the general principle. So I feel like it's kind of the same with music where it's like, for me, I'll push closer to the end than I need to. And it's just about balancing. Like, I think overall raising your stress management is really good. And that's an actual practical step you can take to become more productive. But it's like, I have to go work out consistently, push 80% of the way for a long period of time to get the results. I can't cram that in three months and push 120 percent there it just it just as much fundamentally as you doesn't work like that so that's just kind of been the yeah kind of learning experience for me like i'm curious if you guys relate but when i'm in that phase where i'm kind of pushing and moving towards burnout i i find it harder to gauge how close i am you know like when you're working out, you can kind of feel like, all right, I have two or three left in me, but I feel like when I'm, 
I, the more I get in my own world, the more I forget all the outside shit and to eat properly and to sleep properly and all of that kind of compounds on itself. So yeah, I, I'm curious to hear like, do you guys experience the same thing? Do you feel like you maintain the same kind of self-awareness? Do you feel like, yeah, there's any kind of notable moments where you notice that happening for yourself? Yeah. I mean, that, like I, I, I try to as much as possible, but something you brought up, I think is really important as it relates to this discussion is that like, like you need to have the grit too, in order to do this at all. Like, because mm-hmm. like the part of the process is like getting to a point where like, fuck, I hate this. God dang it. I don't know if this is ever going to get released. Like that happens like with almost every song and like you need the grit to push through that. And so it's really easy to trick yourself into thinking that like, no matter what that, that is the thing that needs to be cultivated and you just need to push, push, push. Um, but like, I, I totally agree. Like you, the, the type of personality, I think you and I are, are similar on that where, where like, you know, you can push into that harder and like you think you have the ability to just break through it at all times, but you, you do sometimes. And so like, you feel like that's just like what you should be able to do. But I think that the, the macro level that you need to remember is like, if you judge yourself on anything based on your best day, like you are going to be unhappy. Yeah. Like you just can't expect that from yourself every day and from someone like you or 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 I or or I'm sure Luke you're the same like like if you if you think that your best day mixing something that went really great and you almost got the whole song mixed in one day is like your standard like the next time you just brick wall into something and spend 8 hours EQing a snare you're gonna feel really bad about yourself and i think that the same concept is true where if you spend eight hours eqing the snare where you fucked up is 15 minutes into that where you should have just picked a different snare i was thinking that same shit or (laughs) or 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 layered something else in there to solve the problem right like you like you the grit sometimes blinds you to the real problem because you're like no, I have the skills to polish this turd. Like I, I should be able to do it. I'm going to continue working on it. And you're like, you know, you get that, you, you get like a, a little bit closer and you're like, Oh, I'm almost there. Like I can do it. And then like you, you just, you just missed the point potentially. Like, yeah. yeah. It reminds me of that Kanye line. You worry about the wrong things, the wrong things. It's true. Yeah, man. Um, One thing I guess kind of, on this point too, but something I've been trying to be more mindful of this year to kind of combat that and avoid burnout is, um, is embracing more uncertainty. And, uh, it's still really hard for me. I'm not going to lie, but the idea of like, I can bring my ideas into tomorrow, but tomorrow is also going to bring me something that I have to deal with. And, uh, I would always push too hard on, you know, the release date. It's got to be this got to be done by this time and this got to be. And and I was always, I think, trying to cram more in and think of like, all right, worst case scenario, it has to get done by this point. But by embracing a little bit more uncertainty and being like, this could get done in March, this could or this could get done in May or it could be done next May. 
versus like if I'm okay with not exactly knowing when it could be done, you know, what if what if shit goes like, you know, more on path than what you could have expected? What if by easing up, you just let shit fall into place and and you have more of those moments where you have the songs that just come together because you're not just fucking trying to force it. If it takes seven months, it takes seven months. But at least now you're opening up that possibility for yourself where shit comes together really quick because you're not stressing, yo, it's got to be done in four hours. So it might come together in two, you know, certain stuff like that has changed my perspective a little. And, uh, thinking also in terms of like, what could the best case scenario be? What if I, what if I have less expectations and made more happen? You know, I think, uh, you know, maybe you relate, but it feels like more expectations equals more shit that I get done equals more shit that I do. And it's like, Luke, you were talking about like, Hey, I just eased up and now I'm getting this opportunity to do this workshop and this, this, and this, I'm sure the music feels a lot more inspiring and Mm -hmm. free now. Shit like that. You couldn't have, you couldn't have in your previous position sat down and be like, all right, by this month, I want to take this trip. And by this month, I want to do this workshop. And by you couldn't have planned all that shit out. Could not have. But it I had happened. no idea it was coming around the bend. Yeah. Man, actually, that's reminded me of this this meditation I kind of forgot about that I this guided meditation that I was in in um, December. And in it, like in this part, I was like shown a wide open freeway. And I know right where it was because I was driving on it the day before. It was in Tacoma. I know you know this spot, Evan, Tacoma, where like you're leaving Tacoma to go towards Lakewood and the whole freeway just like turns to the left and you can't see what's yeah. coming around the bend that, there. It's it's really funny because that spot is never, never wide open. Never, ever wide open, right? Ever. It is the traffic Fucking capital of ever. the entire Northwestern It United don't matter States. when you're driving through there. It is packed. Yeah. Maybe 3 a.m. Maybe. maybe. But in this vision, it was wide open. I was the only car on the road. And I was in the center lane. I had as much room to move left or right as I wanted to. I couldn't see what was coming around the bend, but I just got this sense that I could just like move forward without any worries. And it was just such a metaphor for like kind of where I was at that moment. Like, man, I guess like, I guess I'm going to like be going on this Mexico trip and I guess I'm going to just be like seeing what happens. And I have no idea what's going to go down. And I think I'm going to maybe go to, guatemala but i don't have a return ticket or know when i'm coming back or it's okay i'm just gonna put my foot on the gas and move forward with the flow of life and you know even if you can't see where you're going allowing the universe to take you there allowing that you know allowing the flow of the world and allowing yourself to to change plans from what you thought you were doing when it becomes clear that what you thought you were doing isn't making you happy or actually having any progress. And to like talk about what you were just saying, Tesco, about like that feeling that like having more expectations mean we'll get more done is an assumption. And in some cases it might be true, but you know, a lot of the times in reality, I found it to not be true. Like if I go into like, I'm going to get this one thing done tomorrow. Usually I'll like go at it and do that one thing And then like, oh, hey, look, I still got time left. I can get a few more things done. But I like focused on the one thing and actually finished it where it's like, I got 50 things to do tomorrow. And then my brain's just like, fuck, freeze mode. Dude, seriously. I don't even know how to start. It sounds terrible. I'm going to hit the snooze for two hours. Fuck this. 
Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. So stacking your plate, stacking your plate too high. Sometimes you're like, man, I lost my appetite. Whereas if you just <laughs> yeah, like a one scoop of each thing you're sure you want to eat, clean your plate, go back for seconds. Mm-hmm. It's true. I, I think everyone's eyes are bigger than their stomach, not just at Thanksgiving, which always happens. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting like, better at that. Trying to finally always maybe, but like it, it is like that. It's when you, when you stack your plate so high and then you don't finish all the food that you thought you were going to finish, you feel bad. When you go back for seconds, you don't feel bad because you added the right amount to your plate to start with. And now you have earned the right to go back for more food and you want to, you feel motivated to get more food because you added the right amount. Now, now when you go back for seconds, you can get just the shit that you really liked. Mm-hmm. You know, you you threw so much of that of that sweet potato casserole on your plate, thinking it was going to be your favorite. And when you tasted it, it just wasn't really hitting you the right way. Just add marshmallows to a sweet potato. It was sweet in the name already. It's, God damn it, people! It's That's never my personal. Beef. I know. I know. Do I, not I, need I, marsh- I, marshmallows on that shit. I say that in particular I because I have no I've re- clue what you're talking about. This is America. This is America. It's, okay. it's adding sugar to sweet, and it's unnecessary. Awful. And uh-huh. the, the the thing is, pour brown sugar on that shit too. It's like, what? What the fuck are y'all doing? Okay, I was gonna yeah. say sweet potato casserole. That doesn't sound bad. Sweet but potatoes, then you said marshmallows, with butter and yeah, salt. It's... All you need, butter, yeah. salt. Keep it simple. Okay. <laughs> well. Next on the human cooking podcast. Yeah, I think <laughs> human abomination podcast. Yeah, man, you should have seen some of the weird ass dishes. My my older family members would bring out on Thanksgiving, like weird like gelatins, like it looks like Jello but it's savory. Like, what are the chunks? Oof. What are the chunks floating in it? That's not a grape. I'm used to fruit and Jello. That seems right, but then you got like tomatoes and celery and shit in there for some reason. It's like, why? Why did we do this? Oof, that's okay. a huge. God oof. rest their souls and shit, but like. I, love I regret them, even I, asking the question at love, this point. Yeah, I don't love yeah. those dishes. Yeah, I yeah, know, right? Hey, look. <laughs> hey, look. I can't see the rails anymore. We're off yeah. of them the, again. The <laughs> perma off the rails. I, th- I think the thing is, though, is that that sweet potato casserole with the marshmallows on top, you're like, that's going to be dank. And then you realize the stuffing, which is, you know, just a staple ended up being your favorite and you want more stuffing and you don't want any of that casserole. Mm-hmm. That sweet potato casserole has turned your stomach and you don't want any of it. But you're because in the situation where you added just enough of everything to try it and now you come back and you get the right thing the second time is you've satiated yourself with the right amount of the things that you in the end wanted the most of. And that is also true because in your brain just like your eyes are bigger than your stomach you take and you want all of this stuff to get done but then you forgot that like you know maybe there's one part of this that actually was way more important than the rest and that feels better to do today and you could have made a lot more progress on that thing that ultimately does still matter to you a lot if you didn't try and stack your plate so full right and i think that's kind of the genesis of this whole conversation yeah i love i love how you brought that metaphor home 
we found the rails. That was beautiful. Well, like we do, we we stay off the rails, but somehow they always come back into view. Yeah, it's just I just witness a train in my mind just flying out of the woods and leaping into the air off some weird outcropping of rock and then somehow yeah. miraculously landing yeah, right on its tracks. And just straight on it. The woods part and it lands right back on the tracks. <laughs> we need to get an animator. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I feel like that's a pretty good uh, pretty yeah. good podcast, fellas. That's, a, that's yeah. a bow. I think one final reminder that's also really important in this discussion None of this is intended to be an excuse to not get anything done that you want to work on. Like you, you also have to keep in mind like your overall goal, but you need to be honest with yourself about how that is going to happen. And you can't just be so single track mind and and what is going to push you forward towards that stepping back and observing your options or even just thinking about how you could change course in general uh, is a necessary skill to have as a, a musician, a producer as, as anything in life, but it is not an excuse to not put in the work. Yeah. Still got to do about, that. Talking about balance. And mm-hmm. one thing I've noticed for me with this whole burnout perspective is like, and it's kind of come up in this conversation already is like part of that balance is like, how do, how do I work well tomorrow? But like eating good and sleeping and like doing a workout today and yeah. I'll wake up tomorrow wanting to get up as opposed to being like, Oh, I feel crappy. I don't want to do anything because I yeah. didn't eat good food or get enough sleep or go do, yeah. a, you know, do a workout yesterday. Like if I do those three things consistently, Oh, and hydrate, drink water. Mm. You know, like if you do those things consistently, you're going to be able to keep showing up at the plate. And if you do a real if you put a realistic amount of food on your plate and actually finish it in the metaphorical sense, Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to keep working tomorrow and you're going to have that motivation. You're going to have that like, oh, hey, look, I accomplished my goals as opposed to I'm a piece of shit. I only accomplished 50 percent of my goals. Well, what if you just realize that 50% of what you normally put on a list is a good amount of things to realistically get done. And then you're yeah. proud of yourself instead of shitting yeah. on yourself for the same output. Com- completing something in a fashion that it was enjoyable to you that moves your yourself towards that goal is way more enjoyable than not completing the bunch of things you thought would move you towards that goal, but never did because you didn't finish them because you burned out. Amen. Amen. Tell him. So on that note, let's give him a little peace. And a peace among words. Peace among words. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone. Don't burn out. Or do, and then unburn. Yeah. Burn, unburn in. Uh, burn in. Peace among worlds. <laughs> yeah. I like it. 
All right, humans, thank y'all so much for being here with us. Thank you for checking out this episode about avoiding burnout. We've made it about two years. Next year is our two-year anniversary, and we have avoided burning out on this podcast because we have so much fun doing it with really cool people that we love. That's probably part of it, huh? Uh, Make sure you visit thehumanmusicpodcast.com so you can go follow us on all our socials, tell your friends about us, you know. If you like what we're doing and you tune in every week you know somebody else that would give us a give us a post give us a shout out give us a retweet uh shouts out to our sponsors dojo tv free producer live stream classes from the dojo senseis and we do a live stream of this broadcast every other tuesday at 6 p.m there's so many good shows on there go check it out uh, tesco's patreon Tesco has launched a Patreon channel where you can get educational content, project files, behind-the-scenes footage, access to private Discord, track feedback, and private lessons. Go support the boy Tesco. The weekly download where you can learn from Ill Gates and his private weekly group lessons and get access to over 250 more episodes in the archive for just 20 bucks a month. And guest practices where you can learn from Seth Drake, the best engineer we know, over at the Proach Institute. And your first class is free. Now that song of the week is Sam Shoemaker featuring Bobby Watkins. It could always be worse. Produced by who? Your boy me, Trap Jesus. And uh, like I said, that uh, that track is coming up on 800,000 spins on Spotify. So go over there, put it on loop a bit, help us cross that mark. And there's also a really dope YouTube video that uh, our friend of the podcast has been on twice now. Alter actually shot and directed and edited. It's super dope. They are a great team. They're actually making music together, Sam and Alter as well. So make sure you go support that and them. And yeah, till next week, y'all. Peace and peace among worlds.